Hello there. This is Benjamin Dark. And this is Marco Sparks. Hello. And we're listening. I'm sorry. Let's start that again. <laughs> <laughs> this is starting fantastically. Mm-hmm. Hey there. Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. <laughs> This is after you just gave me the, the dress down slash pet talk. Welcome to Bros Watch PLL 2. Today we're listening to S2E19, The Naked Truth. I am Benjamin Dart. And I am Marco Sparks, and we're not actually listening to it, we're talking about it. We are indeed talking about The Naked Truth. Episode 19 of the second season of Pretty Little Liars. Yes. It's a interesting episode. It's sort of a bottle episode, but not really. I mean... A bottle episode is usually done that way to like save on like you know sets and and whatnot. This one isn't really that way. There's a lot of different stuff going on. It's interesting is I find that you you hear a lot of shows self-referencing. Obviously, the show's not calling itself a bottle episode, but like in Community, you would occasionally mm-hmm. you know they do a lot of stuff about this is a bottle episode, but half their bottle episodes you know feature like copious flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. You know, or little cutaways. But no, this is for the most part, yeah, a bottle episode, and the the kind of it's expansive school set. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's quite a few different parts to their high school set. I wonder if that's an actual high school or not. Uh, I would only think so just because, like I said, there's there's more than a few sections to it. Well, there's a part that you can definitely like look out in the quad and uh, who knows. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we open. Hannah and Kate and their mothers are both in the principal's office waiting for the principal. Uh Lots and of sullen standoff, like bitch faces here. Yeah, it's a quadruple bitch face. Both the moms and the daughters. This, I'm sorry, let me cut you off. This is almost like a, a like a four way standoff from like a Sergio Leone movie. It's an awkward silence until Hannah's phone rings, and I like how Hannah's like she's like thinking of answering it and looks back at her mom and actually's just like, "Don't you fucking dare!" Basically, yeah. her, her look says, "Don't you fucking dare answer that." Well, it's, it's almost like half, like, don't fucking answer that. But it's also kind of half, like, why is your ringer on? Mm-hmm. Well, then the, the principal walks in and says, Mrs. Marin? And uh, both Mrs. Marin say yes, and then just, like, glare at each other. Yes. Because they're both Mrs. Marin. Um, have we seen this guy before? I think this I is a new guy so. in this, this episode. Mr. Tamborelli. He's a, a vice principal, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it's very confusing because... Later, Mona will talk about the VP, and it's him. I thought he was the principal, but Mona kind of confuses the issue a bit. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll assume this guy's a vice principal. He's in charge of discipline. Let's let's say that. Um, and I will be drifting back and forth between between referring to him as Tamborelli and Principal Tambourine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, the look on his face as he gets the yes mm-hmm. is like just like great. This is gonna be one of those kind of meetings, huh? Yeah, awkward. So we cut to a red trench coat, a very, very kind of bright, dark red trench coat. Uh, this is what Spencer picked up from the dry cleaning claim ticket that they found in, in Allie's copy of Lolita. So this is where their, evi- their clues and evidence have brought them here to a red trench coat. Emily says, so basically you just picked up her dry cleaning? And Spencer's like, no, it's a clue. Uh, this isn't, this isn't something Allison would wear as, uh, you know, Arya's like, well, Allison never wore that. This is a Vivian Darkbloom outfit. Because Vivian Darkbloom has her own wardrobe. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a special art alter ego 
with her own signature red coat. Um, this is a great moment where Arya, just very like demure, hands behind her back, very like 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 young lady, like it's just like, oh, can I touch it? And Spencer's like, yeah, it's a raincoat, Arya, not a mummy. <laughs> Spencer is on fire in the scene. Yeah, well, Spencer's also on fire. So True. we we find out through some some of them just talking and expositioning that uh, Kate's mom wants to sue like everyone over the the photo sending thing, and Spencer's worried that she's going to get roped into this too. Because she's the one who told Hannah about the whole boil and baggy, like, bad photo of Kate thing. Right. Well, I love that the way the show does that, where they'll cut from a, a scene with, like, Ashley and Hannah to the four the other three liars. And the other three liars can, like, comment narratively yeah. on that. And then, but still, it's it's still about Hannah, but it's also now about Spencer in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer's got a little bit of Arya in her. Um uh, Speaking of Arya, Arya has been touching the, the, the raincoat. Suspiciously, Arya is the one who finds a phone number in the coat pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a piece, when, of pa- piece of paper with a phone number written on it. When Spencer and Emily are not looking, basically. Mm-hmm. And so Emily starts to just like freak out at this point. And Spencer is basically like, hey, Emily, why don't you stop being a coward? Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, Spencer, like, Arya's like, oh, I think I found a phone number. Spencer is immediate with, like, call it. Mm-hmm. And Emily's like, well, guys, I kind of feel like we're in a bad place here. And Spencer comes back, with, we're in my living room, Emily. We're holding a raincoat. <laughs> so they make Emily call the number. Yeah, they make Emily call the number. That's, Andy- what, that's what these girls do. Yeah. The most unsure of them is the one that they force to, like, walk the tightrope. But it goes to voicemail. So Arya grabs the phone, and Arya's the one who leaves the message and just says, I'm, I'm a friend of Vivian's. Like, call me back. Spencer, her eyes, there's almost like a flash in her eyes, like she's, I don't know, just more excited as Arya improvises the I'm a friend of Vivian's, like, voicemail. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's like Vivian's becoming more and more real of a person with all the, uh, the kind of background lies they're telling about her, you know, they're making her real. I mean, there's going to be some some issue. You know, we'll get into it. But there's going to be some issue about bloodlines and family history and, and you know hidden genealogy in this episode. But really, I think Spencer's got a touch at the Targaryen door, <laughs> for sure. Um, so go back to the principal's office. Can I just say Spencer always pays her debts? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Principal Tambourine has some kind of ridiculous line about how it's the biological mandate of a teenager to screw up, which yeah sums up. Him as an educator, I think. Like, that's just to let you know, in case you didn't know, what kind of uh, an administrator this guy's going to be. You're like, oh, you're one of those assholes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, Isabel and Ashley, they're, they're arguing a lot back and forth here. And Ashley's like, well, I believe Hannah when she says she didn't send the picture. And Isabel's just like, what are you, fucking idiot? Of course, if she sent it, it's from her phone. And then Isabel starts taking some shots at Ashley's parenting. You know, like, maybe if you were around more, you'd have uh, kept your, your daughter in line. And Ashley has the, the wonderful line here. She says, her mother, because Isabel's like, well, her mother's never around. And uh, her mother's sitting right next to the door. says, her mother is a divorced woman who works full time because her husband left her for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was wondering that Isabel called Hannah malicious and vicious and relentless. Fair. Um, yeah. So Principal Tamarine suggests some, basically some new age bullshit. He's like, usually we'd expel you for this, but uh, I'm going to try another approach. (laughs) 
He said until the school board makes their decision. So theoretically, like she would get expelled and there'd be a hearing, but instead she's not expelled yet. There may still be a hearing, but in the meantime, they're having a truth up day the next day. Truth up. Truth up. Some sort of like overnight, uh, feel good, like ropes coursey type. You know, everybody talks about their feelings. Wankathon. Yeah. Yeah. It's a truth up day where everybody comes and tells the truth at school. It's, it's guided workshops about owning up to bad behavior, Hmm. which, ah, there's such a weird theme in this season with the, uh, uh, Dr. Sullivan's like <laughs> weird speech that she delivered, like you know, a few episodes ago. Um, just with like adults and their their response to bullying and like how to out of touch. Yeah. Uh, but it's an all nighter that is going to be supervised by parents and teachers and actually volunteers. Well, the principal's like, I hope you guys will be volunteering. And Ashley's like, I will. And Isabel's like, Nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like she's thinking, Well, I have nothing to prove because I think my daughter's innocent. So. And she's right, I think. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, it, the the mature thing to do would be for them to both volunteer. I mean, really, like if the the personal history clouds everything, but the way parents are supposed to deal with shit like this is that they form a unit and and they you know they handle shit like adults. But obviously, that's not going to happen between Ashley and Isabel. No, no. Um, yeah. So, so the, yeah, the principal says bring a sleeping bag, a toothbrush, and a change in attitude. <laughs> And I love that that's like the smash cut into the credits. Well, because Hannah hasn't like said a word this whole time. She's just been like kind of just like looking coldly defiant through the whole, you know, two scenes we've gone through here. And at this line, she just kind of like glares daggers at the principal. Just just like, fuck this, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was too at this point in the episode. Yeah. Um, so should we talk about Arya? I think we should talk about Arya. Oh, God, yes. Um. So it's a regular school day. It's it's still presumably that day, that day when uh, uh, Kate and, and Hannah and the moms are having their thing. This is the day before Truth Up Day, which I don't want to say Truth Up too much if I can. I'm going to uh, say it a ton. Truth Up. Ex- excellent. Take a shot every time he does, folks. Um, so Ari runs into Holden as he's working on some kind of project for Truth Up Day, like putting up some kind of... Like a know, big, big sheet of paper on the wall, you know, doing stupid school crash shit. Yeah, um... Ari doesn't like, and I cannot, I cannot underscore that enough. Ari does not like that she, that Holden knows who she's meeting as per their arrangement, but she doesn't know who he's meeting. Well, she she still wants to know what that bruise is about, and he's still not telling. And she's like, "Well, this isn't fair that like you get to know about me, but I don't get, I don't get to know about you." Right. And so uh, he's he's doing a thing where he has her hold up some of the paper against the wall so he can like measure it out. But I like his move here where he's like, all right, yeah, hold that, just like that, and and then walks away. So she can't move or else the paper falls and they have to, like, redo yeah. it. So she's stuck, yeah. like, leaning against the wall. Uh, and then, in the like, somebody walks by behind them and knocks over Holden's bag. And, like, a little baggie full of pills falls out of the bag. And, of yeah. course, Arya sees this and it's just, like very suspicious but and holden sees Arya see this yeah and he doesn't really say anything he just puts the pills back in his bag and it's like i'll be back in a second yeah yeah um which you know of course something something suspicious has happened so you act even more suspicious to cover it up mm-hmm. yeah. um so later uh it's i guess it's the next day it's truth up day the day of truth uh, up truth up 
Holden runs into Arya as she's in line for registration or something or other. And he's trying to make small talk of her. Uh, and he sees Ella and he's trying to make small talk about Ella. But Arya is ignoring him. Well, they, they all have to turn off their cell phones now for truth update or else they'll get confiscated. Truth up. But yeah, he's he's trying to just make small talk with Arya and he's getting frozen out. Because Arya is just like... She she remembered her power is to not give people her attention, and then they'll have to do what she wants. Um, yeah. And so he's like, well, what the fuck? And she's basically like, you're a drug dealer or an addict or something. <laughs> well, yeah, so he's he's very vague about it because he doesn't really want to talk about it, but he needs it. So he's like, you know, hey, is this silence about what you saw fall in my bag? And have you told your mom? And Ari's immediately like, like, basically like, no, I'm not a narc. Yeah. I'm not a narc, man. But drug dealing? Or addiction? That's not cool. Exactly. And Holden's like, you're kidding, right? And Arya says, no. And it's like, well, you're way off. And then he has to like go over and sign up for Truth Up Day. So he says that she is way off. And whatever those pills are for, apparently not about drug dealing or addiction. I, well, I love the way the show handles it. You figure uh, Shelly Pillow Liars, you know, they've got a pretty sizable cast that they have to balance out. Like, for example, spoiler, there's no Ezra in this episode at all. Surprisingly, Which, yeah. Oh no, wait, he because yeah. he doesn't work at school anymore. That yeah, it, it, it took it actually took me about half the episode for some reason to be rem- to remind myself mm-hmm. that he actually still works at Hollis. Yeah, <laughs> but because uh, I was just like, wouldn't Ezra be all up in this? Um, <laughs> I love it. They they really utilize the principal as like this like nefarious like force slash proxy for how much you hate the the school who doesn't get you. Um, because he he's the one who like moves hole into another line away from Arya. Yeah, and, he, he's just like the man basically. He's yeah, he's the yeah. man keeping everyone down in this episode. Well, and the the man in, in the horrible sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's the government man. Yeah. So the, there's a nice shot though as Holden kind of leaves where we pass the next line over, which has Hannah and Caleb in it. Line, uh, signing up for the registration, and then Holden gets in the line behind Kate, who's like staring. You know, Dory looks over at Hannah. Mm-hmm. But so I guess the the students are all grouped into well, basically different groups, uh, located like different classrooms or different parts of the school where they're going to engage in truth enough. Yeah. <laughs> and so Caleb, we're going to be talking about Caleb in Aria section because Caleb is assigned to the group with Aria. Uh, yeah. And he walks into the, like, the classroom they're going to be in, which I think is the music room. Um, yeah. And there's Jenna Thing playing some creepy ass piano. I really like the song she's playing sounded familiar, but I just, I couldn't place it, but I think it is something. Could you, uh, could you place it at all? No, I couldn't. I wonder if it's actually the theme from the show. I have to go back and watch that again. It's probably something like depressingly like melancholy from like flowers in the well, attic she's, or something. Bizarre. Even though even though her ass is blind, she's playing, but she's doing it like single key at a time. So it's like weird, like eyes wide shut type, you know, creepy, creepy, yeah, minor yeah. key notes. And yeah. so Arya's in this group too, and she gets there with Caleb, sees Jenna thing, and she's like, "Oh fuck this," you know. Um, <laughs> but Caleb's like, "No, no, no!" Like uh, we can well, get some well, answers here. <laughs> Yeah, so on. And so Jenna thing is playing her her like creepy song. Arya walks in. Caleb's here. They're like shit talking about her rather loudly. <laughs> I thought. And Jenna gives comes like turns around and gives him this like dirty look, which is impressive considering that she's blind. And they're kind of like <gasps> she's looking at us, you know. Yeah. But it's like it's almost it's like, like she can hear us even though she's <laughs> blind. But it's it's not even a sense that her other senses are stronger. It's like you're ten feet away and you're yeah. yelling these things. Oh, and and uh, Jason De Laurentiis, we'll we'll find out in another scene why he's here. But he is here as well 
with Veronica Hastings. They'll be the two people running this group. And so Arya's just like, fuck this shit. Like, I should have just, like, faked it out sick. And Caleb's like, no, no, we'll get, we'll get some answers here. Um, so next time we come back to them, Arya gets a, uh, a threatening Atex on her phone, even though her cell phone's supposed to be off. I love the look that uh, Caleb has when Arya's phone goes off. Arya's like, oh, sorry. And Caleb just, like, looks over and kind of laughs and cackles. Yeah. Because yeah. he's just like this fucking bitch. Of course, the, <laughs> of course, her phone is still on. Of course, she's not even acting that sorry about like pulling it out and checking it. Yeah, Arya might as well be like, "Sorry, I'm not sorry, everybody." Yolo. Mm-hmm. Um, you really have to wonder, like Caleb, like what does he really think of his girlfriend's friends? Well, right now, Caleb assumes he's with his girlfriend. So, because Arya, Arya and Hannah are the same person. True, true. So, is so Arya's Tyler. And uh, Hannah, well, here's my question: Is Arya like Edward Norton, and Hannah is Tyler Durden, or vice versa? Or is it just not even a plan? I think Arya would be Jack, and Hannah would be Tyler. Interesting. I don't know if you're gonna put apply that metaphor to it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So she gets the text from A. The text is, mind you, now at this point, Caleb is gung ho about he's gonna enjoy Truth Update. Um, so the text from A says, truth hurts, sweetie, and it may hurt your new pal more than you. Referring to Holden, um, just in case you couldn't make that connection. A little bit of a vague text. but so hey, now, Initially, I thought it was about Caleb, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, it's about Holden and how, like, oh, you know, her line is going to result in him getting hurt in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so Arya is, she's looking around, looking around, who, who could have sent this? And, you know, we see Jenething. Jenething has her hands in her purse. We can't see them. Maybe she sent the text. Uh, there's Jason facing the other direction, like yeah. kind of hunched over. Maybe Yeah, he's kind of hunched over looking down at something, yeah. Uh, and then Jenathan pulls her hands out of her purse and she just has a thing of gum. Uh, one of those things of gum where the, the little gum capsules are in there like pills, you know, where you kind of pop them out like medicine. Um, remember that detail. Gum. I'm just saying. They, they found a... Uh, when Spencer found that stuff in, in her attic, A ordered uh, three cell phones and some gum. Mm. <laughs> Something um, to think about as you watch the show. Who's eating gum? Yeah, so later, Veronica is passing out stuff to the students to write some, something down as part of Truth Update activities. And so she, I love her line, feel free to write whatever you want. Well, it's they're getting, this. they're getting like some pens that like write in like UV ink or something like that. Because yeah. they're going to write like secrets on the wall that are anonymous, and then they'll like look at them later with black lights. That's that's like the plan. And all of the truth up activities are such bullshit. Doesn't this just feel so true to life, though? Like yeah. exactly the kind of bullshit we'd get well, like get roped into. And it, you you definitely get the feeling that like there's a company that runs like Truth Up Day. It's yeah. like an organization well, that's like juiced in with the local administration and, and just and we'll going, the going around to different yeah. schools, selling them like their uh, their modules and programs. Well, considering yeah. Truth Up has a very fancy corporate looking logo mm-hmm. um, in this episode, and I think I don't know, I, you almost think it's like a subtle like criticism of these kind of groups and corporations and companies. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. Um, but I'm just wondering, like, can the, could the students have opted out of this? Probably. I mean, I the all nighter part. Yeah. The, I mean, I would assume you can. I, I would assume like your parents could just say no, and you wouldn't go to school that day because they I can't think. like hold you overnight and like make you stay overnight. Like your parents refuse to sign the permission slip because it sounds like bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um. So 
So Jenna decides to pass on the writing stuff down. She's like, no, thank you. Uh, fuck everyone in this room. I don't trust them. Yeah. Um. So Veronica's like assuming it's about her, and she's like, well, if you want Jason to come back, maybe some you might you might trust him more. And, and Jenna's Jenna thing is not letting it go. She's like, I don't trust anyone around here. The school is full of phonies and liars. They're everywhere. I don't need a special flashlight to know what people around here are hiding. Like Jenna gets like really intense here. We we rarely see her kind of like uh, reveal any cards. She's usually just being mysterious and biting. But here. She's in public and kind of like lashing out because she she knows Arya and Caleb are nearby. Yeah, she's getting she's getting slightly she's on her slightly like villainous monologue bit mm-hmm. here. And so Veronica's like naively. And I feel bad for poor Veronica because Veronica's like, just like what the fuck. Yeah, Veronica's like, what did I volunteer for this shit again for? Yeah. Um, so Veronica's like, well, what ways have you been mistreated? And Jenna's thing is like, how much time do you have? Yeah. Talks about how she was assaulted in the bathroom and slapped. And then Caleb, Caleb is like, he's next to Arya. He's like, is, is she talking about Hannah? <laughs> I wonder if Caleb knew about that or is just like intuiting. He had to have heard. Yeah. He's, he's so, a little too dialed in to recognize he, that. He butts in and he's just like, well, hey, uh, you know, why don't you tell the whole truth about that and about how you were the one who threw the first punch? Technically not true. Jenna did not throw any punches, but. I think he's speaking metaphorically. Metaphorically, but, uh, but still, Caleb, uh, your girlfriend did slap the fuck out of Jenna, like unprompted. Yeah. Well, and speaking of which, so Caleb, you know, talks about this is truth update. We're going to tell the truth. So we're going to tell both sides of the story, not just the story that we want to share. And then Caleb, he has to know a lot more about the story because he's echoing Hannah beautifully. Yeah, yeah. He says, by the way, this is Caleb speaking in case you were confused. Which, when, when Hannah slapped Jenna, she said, this is Hannah, in case you couldn't guess. So, an obvious uh, echo, like, mirror there. Well, uh, and the rest of the kids in the class, because mind you, Caleb and Ari are on one side of, like, this, like, half uh, horseshoe, you know, of mm-hmm. students, and, and or half moon, and, like, uh, Jenna's on the other end. The rest of the kids are, like, looking back and forth, and they're just kind of like, why is every scene in this school so awkward? Yeah. Well, and Jenna has this kind of bitter smile. Because, um, I mean, they, it's like Caleb basically just threatened her there. You know, like, hey, remember the last time you got slapped the fuck out? Uh, yeah, now it's a guy threatening you. Oh, yeah, and again, this is this is almost like begging for, like, that solely Jenna episode where you see everything from her perspective. Which is just black, yeah. Yeah. Um, so during oh, come break, on, you're not going to give anything for that? That's, that's not bad. <laughs> that's not bad. It's so, just, on a break... Uh, it's not even black and white, it's just yeah. black. It's the black and black episode. Arya meets up with Emily on like one of the like the breaks between the sessions, and she's like, oh, "Yeah, like Caleb just like you know kicked the hornet's nest there." And Hannah's gonna freak out when she finds out about this. That's a good uh, reference too. Yeah, and they still have fire. still have not gotten a callback from the that number that they called. Nothing yet. Uh, so they go into the bathroom, and Arya decides, "Well, she she will call the oh. number this time." Well, real quick, too, I want to point out, uh, so first of all, you know, they, they, one of them, I think it's Emily, makes the mention that if well, Hannah was worried about, you know, Caleb before, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. But so, Emily mentions no one has called her back yet. And Arya is kind of like, what do you mean? And Emily has to say, you know, the Vivian Darkbloom voicemail thing. I yeah. just want to point out, every time it comes up, Arya is instantly like, I don't know what you're talking about, you know, for half a <laughs> second. Yeah. It's very interesting detail. But we should point out, too, the reason Caleb is so hard against Jenna right now is because a couple episodes ago, 
it, it, Hannah couldn't tell him about A, so she basically told him, like, that she suspects that Jenna is the one, you know, be sending threatening texts and, and that, that it's Jenna's phone they have and all. So, as far as Caleb is concerned, Jenna is the one tormenting Hannah, uh, even though that's, that's most likely not the case. So that's well, why, that's why he's going so hard after Jenna. Well, and don't forget though, Jenna did hire Caleb. Yeah, yeah. To basically spy on Hannah. Mm. Um, so they go into the bathroom, Emily and Arya, and Arya is going to call the number from Emily's phone herself. And this time there's an answer and it's some chick who's just like, who is this? And, and like, is this the girl who called about Vivian? Like, stop calling, basically. And, yeah, I, I may be reading too much into this, but I would like to point out that Arya dialed that number by heart. Hmm. She didn't have a piece of paper or anything like that. Yeah. She didn't, like, hit, like, beep, 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 you know, like, speed dial or return call. She dialed numbers. <laughs> Just another drop in that bucket of evidence, yeah. Um, so then there's a, a last week announcement which calls Emily to the vice, pre- uh, vice principal's office, which we'll get into in Emily's yeah. section. on the intercom, Emily gets called away to the vice principal's office. So Emily leaves... Arya goes outside and she runs into Holden and Holden's like, Hey, are we still like fake dating tomorrow? Cause I got this really important thing I need to do. Yeah. And Arya's basically like, well, I'm not really comfortable with this anymore. If you're hurting yourself. So sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Um, so later, uh, while looking for Caleb, cause Arya has been tasked to find Caleb by Hannah, Arya goes back into the music room where, you know, there's been her group session and she finds Noel Khan and Jenna in the dark with flashlights, like looking at the, like, the messages. Like black on the black wall. light flashlights. Um, Every, everything's all blue and ultraviolet. Yeah. So some of the messages, I wrote them down. Uh, we have which, these, the, the shot of these two is almost like horror movie hallucinogenic. Like hallucinogenic. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's creepy. Yeah, yeah so well, it's, it's, it's like they're holding up a flashlight below their face, only instead it's a blue, you know, blue light, flashlight, like black light. Uh, it's like so, they're just getting off on, like, the creepiness of it all, too. Yeah. So the messages, one of them, these are messages people have left anonymously to express themselves. One says, I hate my life. Uh, the other says, I'm still a virgin. One says, uh, I'm afraid of my dad, which I always like that one. That one figures prominently into people's various conspiracy theories about Peter Hastings. One of them is, my parents are illiterate. <laughs> that, one's, that one's what? I've, Hannah's? Yeah, and I've never been kissed is another yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, but the, the clincher here is, <laughs> I know who killed Allison DeLorentis. I think that's so, worthy of a bump, bump, bump. It, it seriously is. And well, like, why hasn't there been an issue where first of all this is jason's group yeah which whoever wrote this that's it's that's that's sinister it's also kind of uh unseemly at, at no point in this episode do like the school officials come in and exactly. stop everything and have the police show up and you know yeah. like why aren't the, why isn't the principal in this room why isn't like wilden in this room mm-hmm. um so mind you Arya's walked in found these two basically like witches like yeah. cackling over these messages and no cons just like looking for somebody and she's like yeah uh caleb and they're just like yeah he's not here hopefully he got threw out thrown out with the trash and he, and he, he better not come back basically is what they're saying uh because Noel's got to, like, defend his girlfriend here, you know? And Arya's yeah, just like, Arya's like, yeah, okay, well, uh, and then just, like, walks out. <laughs> Noel Cohn and Jenna are so creepy in this scene, and they're getting off on their own creepiness. It's almost like they want to, like, just, like, climb on a pile of their own creepiness and fuck on it and maybe eat a baby. I mean, it's well, they're, creepy. They're, they're, like, twirling each other's mustaches, and Arya's just like, 
Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's like walks out. Arya's <laughs> like, okay, man. And she moonwalks backwards out of there. Yeah. So Holden then watches Arya as she storms through a hallway and she goes up on the roof to look for Caleb, which is the second location where Hannah suggested that Caleb might be found. Mm-hmm. She uh, puts a brick between the door and like the C- door frame. A couple of bricks. Like a, yeah, a couple of bricks. This is one of those doors that when it shuts, it's locked. Mm-hmm. So she prop- um, props it open with some bricks. It's very yeah. wind, windy up here, and there's well, a lot a of, um, sheets or whatever. Like plastic, plastic, uh, sheeting. Like, the kind of thing you would use to, like, cover up uh, an area you were doing construction on but while it rained yeah. or something. A lot of, like, just plastic sheeting blowing around in the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very creepy, you know? It's it, like, is somebody over there? Maybe that was just the plastic sheeting. It's, in yeah, the wind. it really adds to this, like, terrifying ambiance. Um, it's kind of this, the similar, whenever the trope is that the characters are, like, uh, hanging up the clothes to dry on the, on the wash line, you know? Mm-hmm. And you see somebody running by. But it, it both adds to large portions of this area are obscured. Yeah. But also you have this, like, heavy fabric sound as it blows in the wind, which really plays with, like, what you heard, didn't hear. Mm-hmm. And Arya, she can't find Caleb. Uh, meanwhile, just uh, interlude, downstairs, as Spencer's doing something else, she walks past the classroom, and there is Caleb working on his computer. And I feel like this is the first time in a while we, as the audience, were prompted to think to ourselves, could Caleb be A? Because that would be genius. <laughs> I, there's that, but I also took it as... At this point, which one, you know, we'll get into Hannah's section, but Caleb's doing some phone hacking. He's doing some business. And, uh, why would he sit on the roof? He's a civilized gentleman. He's going to sit in the warm classroom. Hey, Arya's just following instructions, man. So, she is. So there, there seems to be somebody else up on the roof here. Uh, and Arya hears something and goes back and sees that the door isn't shut. The door downstairs. And so now she's trapped up here. She's pounding on the door. No one can hear her because it's loud and windy. Meanwhile, somebody in a black hoodie walks by behind her that she yeah. doesn't see. Uh, creepy shot. Uh, it's 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 right out of horror movie stuff. She goes around and there's like a ladder that like a it's like bolted to the side of the building that like I guess goes up to like a higher level. And she yeah. she starts to climb this up, but then somebody grabs at her leg and she freaks out and starts kicking. And it turns out it's Noel Khan and he's like. He's in his best, like, Batman voice. He's like, where's Caleb? Uh, where's your pal, Caleb? Which is even more villainous. Yeah. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Holden shows up and fucking drop kicks Noel. He does this goofy karate kick and sends Noel like flying. It's like a full, like, flying roundhouse kick. And it's, yeah. it's just knocks Noel Khan's ass right over. And Noel Khan's just like, hey, idiot. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, I wasn't hurting her. Um, yeah, I... The wiki, I just want to point out, mentions that uh, the actor who plays Noel Khan had a stunt double for this mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> and so uh, Holden there, he's like, he's he's got his fisticuffs up, like he's like full on ready to to karate fight. Um, yeah. And so like he gets Arya out of there, and they they run downstairs, and he is five seconds from like taking his coat off and like putting it over her shoulders yeah. to comfort her. Um, so, so if if anyone had uh, is an, is in an underground fight club as the the secret of Holden, I think he just won. Well, he hasn't admitted that yet, but he so yeah. They they get they leave the roof, and Arya, you know, he's like, "Are you feeling better or whatever?" Even though it's, it's not like she's at the most traumatic event of her life, that's still to come. But Arya's just like, "Where'd you learn to kick like that? Don't tell me it's Portugal." And then because it's a show that has to you know mm-hmm. expedite its writing, she's like, "Is this part of your secret?" And then Holden's like, because I'm Batman. Psych! Yeah. No. Um, Holden leads her away. Not saying anything. Yeah. Underground Fight Club. 
What's funny is I want to say when you're reading the uh, the recaps on television without pity, that's like one of the theories about this guy before this episode is that he's in an underground fight club. And then that happens. Well, I mean, in Holden's defense, the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. Mm -hmm. The second rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. The third rule probably mentions Arya. Mm -hmm. It's tautology. Mm -hmm. So, let's talk about Hannah. God, yes. Hannah, uh, she's she's worried that, you know, this is after she's come out of the meeting with the principal about Truth Up Day. She's worried that, like, even if this thing blows over, it's just going to happen again. Like, they went after A and got A's phone, and now A's just going to keep coming after them. She says, we thought we had all the power because we had A's phone. Well, guess what? Now A's using our phones against us. Mm -hmm. And the other girls are kind of just like, "Mm, not our phones. (laughs) Arya's like, nothing bad ever happens to me. I don't know what you're talking about. Arya's like, is this about Ezra? Can, Can we make it about Ezra? Yeah, really. So, let's see. Uh, we get a scene where it's Ashley's talking to Hannah in Hannah's room. And Ashley's well, like... Before that, though, again, Hannah, you know, she leaves her friends. She walks in the hallway. Literally every person in the school is giving her shitty looks. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost want this to be like a metaphor for how Hannah feels isolated. Because I can't believe that based on what she did that everyone in this high school would be looking at her as well, such scum as they do. But based, they, based on what their classmates know of them, they probably think all the liars are horrible, horrible people. Yeah, yeah. I would think that these girls would be massively intimidating, which is probably why you don't ever see them speaking to anyone they don't know. Because yeah. everyone's terrified of them. Yeah. Alright, so Ashley, Hannah, and Hannah's room. Ashley's, like, Hannah doesn't want to go to the stupid truth up thing, but Ashley's like, no, I would like to go because I would also like answers. Uh, and she says, Hannah, you know, you're my baby girl and I will crush anyone who tries to hurt you. Maybe I've made some mistakes in cleaning up messes for you, you know? And she's really trying to get Hannah to open up a little here, but Hannah doesn't want to talk. Uh, and, and Ashley's or, like... Yeah, forcing her... She she didn't force Hannah to talk at times because she wanted to respect her privacy. Mm-hmm. But Ashley's like, this isn't the first time you said you were being framed for something. Like, who the... What the fuck are you talking about? Like, who's trying to hurt you? And... <laughs> Hannah, like, just, she can't, she has nothing to say to that. You know, she can't respond because she doesn't well, know. Initially, though, I love Hannah's response because it's almost like Hannah's like, oh, I sense like a trope of a TV show coming on. And she's like, stop. Don't worry. We don't have to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And, and Ashley's just like, no, we do have to talk about this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you think this is, but like, I've been in the dark way too long here. Um, but yeah, this isn't the first time that Hannah has told Ashley that somebody has framed her. So Ashley just flat out asked Hannah if she sent the picture. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think in this scene, Hannah, like they all, they all deal with the 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 A situation in different ways. Hannah knows she can't lie to her mother because her mother has special lie detection powers, mm-hmm. and so Hannah can't say anything. Like all she can do is suffer, so she just starts crying because there's nothing, you know. She she can't say who's hurting her. Um, cause it'll come off as a lie cause she doesn't know. Well, and, and I don't think that Hannah is Arya though. I mean, she's, she's Arya. She's flat out Arya. Your, mm-hmm. your theory holds up. But at the same time, Hannah is almost in some ways, 
she's the more reactionary version of Arya, but she's also the better person of Arya. Yeah, Hedda yeah. doesn't get off on lying the way Arya does. Exactly. Well, there. That's that's what makes Hannah the the different one. The kind of if you the more perfectly imagined version of Arya. Right. Right. If and, and blonde. If you were to ask Arya if she breathes, she would say no because she values lying that much <laughs> more than she values breathing. But so Hannah just kind of she cries and she softly tells her mom that she didn't do it, which she comes didn't off very in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so later we're back at Truth Up Day. I want to talk about this Ashley scene only just very briefly because it eventually becomes an Emily scene. Well, can we, can we just point out, we kind of skipped over there. Ashley's like, I will crush anyone who tries to hurt you. Yeah. I think we all believe that. Uh, <laughs> Ashley, Ashley, Ashley has shown herself. She's willing to do anything. She's like, maybe I shouldn't have fucked away that shoplifting charge you had. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe that. I, I believe if Ashley is willing to fuck a creepo like Wilden after we've seen that she has a previous history of him being a uniform creepo to her. I firmly believe that if Ashley ran to like a, like a, I don't know, somebody in the alleyway, she'd beat them to death on Hannah's behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's truth update. Ashley has volunteered, poor Ashley. It's her group that she's in charge of. Um, they're meeting like in a hallway. No, let's st- talk about Emily. Let's say that for Emily's thing. Oh, it, it, it starts off, though, as a very sad Ashley scene, and then becomes dominantly Emily. We'll, yeah. we'll get back to we'll, that. We'll, we'll get, back. get back to that. There is one bit where they're, when they're signing up for Truth Up Day, Hayden, K- Hannah and Kate see each other and like make bitch faces at each other. Um, yeah. Later on in, in Hannah's group, Ella is reading the, doing this one, Ella Montgomery. She's yeah. directing the group. And they're doing a thing. Again, like in another hallway or something. Yeah, it's, it's like in the quad area, maybe. Um, it looks like it's like underground portions of it yeah yeah so they're they're passing a ball around and i think the purpose is that whoever has the ball is supposed to say what they'd like to see changed at the school truth ball and yeah truth balls it's supposed to be like uh like constructive but of course uh when kate gets the ball she's like well i you know like i want to go back to my old school and no Khan gets it. He's just like, uh, we should have hot tubs and like, you know. No, no, it's it's some other bro. Is like, we should have hot tubs in the courtyard. Mm-hmm. No Khan's, interestingly enough, is half day on Fridays and no trick. <laughs> uh, and so Ella jumps in. She's like, look, you fucking douchebags. You know? <laughs> uh, she's like, let's be more serious here. And Kate, why do you want to go back to your old school? And Kate's like, well, there were nice people there. Yeah. That's the thing that, that uh, Rosewood lacks in her old school hat. Mm-hmm. Nice people. And she says that she thinks she should be able to decide the punishment for someone when they like wrong her. Obviously talking about Hannah. And Nolkan just starts being like extra douchey here. He grabs ball and he's like he's talking about how like messed up it is what they did to Kate. But at the same time like Kate you should take out a billboard you know because you're hot. Well, first he says, if someone pulled that stunt on me at a new school, I'd go postal. Mm-hmm. But then he starts basically like hitting on her. He's like, but uh, if I were you, I'd take out a billboard. Even though he's like dating Jenna. And well, Ella, yeah, Ella's just like, ew. You know? Yeah, but still, Kate, kind of an upgrade to Jenna, right? Kate, well, in this episode, Kate, they do Kate's hair differently in this episode. Mm-hmm. Suddenly she looks way better. Like, they stopped doing the like super giant like high bangs like hairspray preppy look with Kate, right? Uh, and she looks like she's twenty five, of course, now that she started doing her hair a different way. But she does look a lot better. And Jen looks like a nightmare boner, and Kate looks like the sunshine. But mm-hmm. um, 
So Noel starts going off on this like anti-woman rant about how girls don't play fair. They gang up, they have secrets, they plot, and then they cut you down with a look. Which telling remark about why well, he's dating Jenna? Well, because Ella steps in, she's like, "That's enough of the bad boy uh, talk, Noel Khan." And Noel Khan's just like, "Bad boy's got nothing on mean girls. Girls don't fight fair. They gang up, keep secrets." Yeah, and I like how Hannah jumps in and calls Nocon the worst smug blackmailing son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, Hannah's awesome. Hannah does not mince words. That's the H- difference between her and Arya. Hannah grabs the ball and she's like pleading her case to Ella. She's like, "You know me. How long? You know you know me my whole life. Uh, you know I wouldn't do this." And then she says, "Am I a bully?" And Ella's just like, "Hmm." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ella has that moment of hesitation, and Hannah's. Anna's inner monologue says, "Am I a bully?" And, and then, the the two extras in the background are just like, "Er, this is weird." And then Hannah basically drops the mic slash truth balls, and she's just like, "Hannah out." Mm-hmm. Um. So later, Caleb and Hannah are eating together on the roof of school, which we first see this new set. Um, this is this is where Caleb hung out when he was a king of the high school, living in the the air ducts. It was like his patio. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's basically trying to get her to eat because as apparently I've rambled on in the past, Caleb's a good guy. He's a good boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, he's worried, uh, she's worried about everyone being against her and that basically she, she only has four people in the entire town who believe in her because now even her mom thinks that she sent that picture. And so Hannah goes off on this whole thing about how she wants to run away to the mythical, beautiful golden California. Mm-hmm. And Caleb basically tells her, no, you know, he wants her to basically be strong and not run away. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, give me your phone, and I'll I'll trace whoever sent it." You know, I'm on the shit. I do find it interesting. Like a couple times in this scene, he's like, "Well, just give me your phone." Like he kind of wants that phone. Yes and no. I yes, he does on the phone. But I think also Caleb is very. It's a very masculine thing though, where uh, a boyfriend's response is that he wants to fix things for the girl. Well, you you can read that as he just wants to help out, or you can read it as he sort of suspiciously wants Hannah's phone for some reason. They could be setting up a very nice, potentially red herring, potentially not red herring arc mm-hmm. of Caleb. Is, is Caleb A storyline here? A la the Lucas nonsense we had to deal with for two episodes. Um, so, they, so he says, he says to her, you know, I want to help you. And Hannah's like, well, just hold me. That's what's going to help me. So they start making out. And, and the way this whole scene has been shot, it, like maybe somebody's watching them. You know, there's a, there's a moment where they turn around and look behind them. But there's nobody there. Um, when she actually asked at one point, are you sure we're alone up here? And he's like, yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Which is a nice echo because uh, the, what Arya will go through later in the episode. Yeah. As we've already discussed. <laughs> so later on, I guess it's like dinner time. Hannah's getting dinner with Arya and Emily. Mm-hmm. And they, Kate walks by and they like they all make bitch faces at each other. And then <laughs> Hannah notices that like Hannah or not Hannah, uh, Kate, she's like pulling off her sweater. It's like a pullover mm-hmm. sweater. And as she does it, kind of like her shirt underneath rides up a little, and you can see this big kind of like brownish blob of a birthmarth, birthmark on the, the side of her torso. Um, it's not only shaped like Australia, it's as big as Australia. It's big. Yeah, it's a big birthmark. Uh, like probably like, I don't know, over an inch in diameter. Over two inches, maybe. Like maybe a yeah. doctor should take a biopsy of this birthmark. Yeah. Uh, so Hannah sees that and she's like, Hey, Emily, you're a lesbian. You still have that naked picture of Kate on your phone. Even though earlier in that scene of Ashley, Hannah is looking at the picture, mm-hmm. staring and telling at the picture and in, in a way where she's holding her like thumb over Kate's boobs. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah. She's like, Emily, I'm sure you still have that picture on your phone. Why don't you hand it over so I can check something? And so sure enough, there is no birthmark on the picture of Kate in the, the photo that was sent to everyone. So they can only assume that uh, some, some Photoshop has happened. And so the initial impression that Hannah's giving is that A has done that. But mm-hmm. Arya, speaking in the third person, says, well, why would A do that? Yeah, why would why would A care to Photoshop out a birthmark? And so uh, hands are suspectable. Maybe A didn't do that. Dot dot dot. Like, who would be the one person who would care about something like that? Maybe it would be Kate. Uh, so Hannah drags Kate into the bathroom to to have a little chat, and Hannah's basically like, "Hey, like I know all about like photoshopping shit out. Like I used to do that to my thighs in the ninth grade." <laughs> and Kate, Kate is like defiant at first, and she's like, "Oh, that's all real. Like, there's no enhancements in my chest, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, but Hannah's like, "Well, you, you photoshopped out the birthmark because uh, I fucking saw you lift your sweater up." Uh, and so Kate kind of like admits now. She's like, "Why, well, you know, what was I supposed to do? I had to before your stuck-up BFF, by which she means yeah. Spencer, sent out the uh, the ugly photos that she had to everyone and destroyed her." Mm-hmm. Um. So there's this great bit where, where Hannah's like, well, maybe I should take a picture of you, Kate. Hey, Arya, can I borrow your phone? So Arya and Emily jump out of the bathroom stalls. <laughs> and Arya is so excited as she says, sure, in a minute. I'm using it right now to record this conversation. <laughs> um, can I, can I add a possible addendum to your theory? Your theory being that, uh, Hannah is the imagined other self of Arya and Emily is the imagined other self of Spencer. Go ahead. What if it's vice versa? What if Hannah is Spencer's other self? What if Emily is Arya's other self? Well, I, I guess my, if- my theory originally was that Arya and Spencer are both completely insane. Um, and they True. both have these imaginary friends. This is friends, undisputed. And they, they know about these imaginary friends. So I do feel like that they're, they're able to trade off in a way, you know? I, what, what if like Arya is looking at Spencer thinking, I wish, I wish I was more like her. Thus Emily is born. Spencer looks at Arya and thinks, I wish was more like her. Thus Hannah is born. Well, I feel because like. There's a certain tension, though. I feel like it, it, it's hard to track at times. There's a certain tension, though, when it's Arya and Emily's scenes and, like, mm-hmm. Spencer and Hannah's. Because clearly, Spencer... I remember when we were listening to the Time Travel Memories episode, the Pretty Little Liars episode, which is one of our most downloaded episodes, um, that I, I, having not even watched the show and being as well-versed at the time as you were, because you had just binge-watched it, I was like, you can tell that Spencer hates Hannah. <laughs> what if she's most critical on her other self there? Well, what I think it is is more like Emily is tied to Spencer, handed to Arya, but they it, it's not like they're secret from each other. So like they, they can trade off and they, they can kind of bring the other person's imagined self into into their own, you know, crazy conversations when they when they want to. I guess that's how I would see it. There are some some interesting wrinkles, no matter how you want to fold this uh this theory here mm-hmm. but so uh later uh, hannah and ari and emily are kind of they're walking out of the bathroom after this scene of kate and it's it's very interesting like the body language like hannah is like storming and like ari and emily are following her like hannah has has stolen the thunder mm-hmm. she is now in charge um they're talking about this whole situation aria thinks that kate's move is brilliant it she's makes a, hannah it, look bad she's admiring the brilliance here yeah yeah it makes hannah look bad and it makes all the guys want her 
Um, but so now Hannah's ex- again because Hannah's a good girlfriend, just like Caleb's a good boyfriend. She's worried that Caleb's out there trying to draw blood. He's hacking her phone. He's going after Jenna, and she sends Arya, you know, her other, mm-hmm. to go stop him. Go find Caleb. Get him to stop hacking my phone and stop going after Jenna. Well, what I love the, is the logic of it though. Is that uh, Arya is like, well, why me? Because again, this isn't about Arya. So why would it be? Why would she be sent to do this? And Hannah's like, well, you're in his group, which is funny because it seems at this point, Truth Up Day has like ceased. Well, it's like dinner break, I guess. But I don't think they do any more group activities after this. Like they're going to bed after. Yeah. This. yeah. But um. But so yeah, she's, Hannah's got to go to the principal. Too with the, with the find, evidence they just got and find her mom too because mm-hmm. that's her mom is the first person she needs to convince and prove herself to then then principal tambourine um so this is when Ari will go off to encounter the evil witches which are no con and Jenna thing but uh so later uh, we get a great scene where Isabel comes rushing into like the little waiting room outside the principal's office um as she's there waiting for her, and Isabel was just like, what happened? Did Hannah attack Kate again? Or something like that. Or she, Hannah started another fight, and Ashley's like, no, but she might have ended one. And she has a great line uh, to Isabel. She's like, you may want to take a whiff of the, the rotten fruit under your family tree. Yeah. Ashley verbally puts out a cigarette in Isabel's eye. <laughs> and then uh, the, the principal comes out with Hannah and Kate, and Kate looks sad and downcast, and Hannah looks super happy because she's like, haha, I told you I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, this is, I think this is the end of Kate, at least for a while. Like, does uh, she, does Kate get expelled for this? I don't know. Now, again, you've seen every episode more than I have, and I mm-hmm. feel like maybe, I know, I know I had seen this episode when I initially watched the show. And I believe I've maybe have missed one or two more as we get to the march towards the end of the season two. I, I know I've seen like offset last few episodes of season two. Do you ever see Kate again? I'm not sure, to be honest. I don't remember her from season three or four. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, mean, I don't I don't think that's really a spoiler. There's just not a lot of Kate anymore. I can assume she gets expelled for this. Seems like mm-hmm. a good guess. I don't know. Maybe she anyway, Philly. Let's talk about Emily. Emily uh, who hates the new principal. Yeah. So this is where the the wrinkle too becomes too about who the hell is Prince, Principal Tamborelli? Is he the principal? Is he the vice principal? I'm pretty because, sure he's the vice principal, right? Because but they and the previously on credits they talk about the swim coach who lets Emily know that the new principal doesn't want Emily on the swimming team. So you're, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, it it ultimately doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we find out that it is Tamborelli, whichever role he occupies in the administration, mm-hmm. it is him who's keeping Emily off the swimming team. That there's some kind of, initially we find out there's some kind of major sponsor for the swimming team, and that Principal Tamborelli doesn't want their image tarnished, doesn't so want the team's image tarnished. He's kissing ass to this sponsor, which is why he won't let her on the team. It's apparently his decision, not the coach's, but uh, Tamborelli's decision to keep her off the team. Right. And so I, like, I like how Emily says, how much longer are we going to have to pay for picking up that stupid shovel? Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is, can I just interject here? That brings me back to like, what the hell exactly was going on with the whole shovel business to begin with? I, I feel like we can assume that, that that shovel was provided by Garrett. I guess that, that's the working theory I have is that somehow Garrett was in communication with A and A was like, get me that shovel from evidence and I will take care of your liar situation. Like that's the only way it makes sense to me, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, presumably the whole 
Garrett joining the cops was as part of some kind of plan to well, orchestrate he to, something. He needed to get evidence from the storage locker. But we don't know concretely what that evidence was. But seemingly they had the shovel. Like, that, that was the impression I got, was that the cops already knew what the shovel was and that it Now, existed. the line, if I remember correctly, we'd have to go, we'd have to go back and, and mm-hmm. listen to ourselves and watch the episode again. I believe that the line was something that we always knew what the murder weapon was, regardless if they actually, if, uh, they physically had it. We've always known what the murder weapon was, and tonight we caught you with it. Yeah, no, it's, it's very vague. Maybe we're just I, not I, I guess I ask. took from that to imply that based on the shape, you know, the impact onto Allison's skull, they knew what the murder weapon was, even if they didn't physically have it in their hands. Which would imply, it, is there DNA evidence on that shovel? If there's uh, yeah. DNA evidence in that shovel, those girls would, would not be just picking up shit on the side of the road. Well, they got obstruction of justice. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're not supposed to think too closely about it. Well, but I mean, I don't know. If a... If if you what you're saying is correct, I feel like A probably manipulated Garrett by making him think that it was Jenna. Yeah, yeah, who was exactly. asking for it, you know. And then he was probably asking Jenna like I did that thing that you wanted, and she was just like, "Uh, okay, I'm blind." <laughs> or A had sent texts to her making it seem like it was Garrett, so they, they you know, I, I'm sure A could work that out. So they thought they were working with each other, but A was a a secret third party in the in the middle there. And again, if that is the case, A, whoever you are, I'm doing a golf clap for you. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. That is seriously impressive. You may be deserved to win. Yeah. So Ashley Marin is going to be running Emily's group here. Oh, poor Ashley. Yeah. So again, to me, I, I know we, you're right. This is Emily's scene. It starts off though as if it's an Ashley scene because of the whole fact of the episode starting with the whole Hannah Bent. But so she's dealing with this group of students who are standing. Behind the line, um, they're, they're all in a row. Yeah, they're all in a row, standing behind a line. And so Ashley does, and this is such new age bullshit. She says, "Okay, how about anyone who who take a step forward if you don't want to be here?" And Mona says, "Can't we just skip the step and jump out the window?" <laughs> yeah, Mona is. On fire. Oh, Mona's in this group, obviously, and Mona's wonderful. We love Spencer, but in this episode, Mona is on fire. And so, um, take a step forward if you've ever been mistreated by a student or faculty member and hannah takes two sets for i'm sorry not hannah emily takes two sets forward and ashley's like "Uh, hey just one step at a time you know and emily's like fine so then take a step forward if you've uh ever felt unsafe and emily thought the school was unsafe or an unwelcome environment emily takes another two steps forward and ashley's like hey emily and i like this line emily says one step is not enough it's not safe or welcoming. For some of us, it gets worse every day. And like Ashley, like her her expression on her face is like, "What the fuck is going on at this school?" Like, and she's thinking like, "This is the fucking shit. This is why my daughter's always in like these weird situations because of whatever the hell you're talking about." But I can't get you to elaborate further on. You know, I, I wanted Ashley to be like, first of all, Emily, give me a break. I'm a single mom and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Secondly, you live with me. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> but so the whole time this is going on, Principal Tambourine is watching and he's got like a clipboard. But he's not the only one. All of the the scenes that don't involve a classroom with truth up shit, there's always some dude hanging out yeah, with a clipboard right now. That that fucking like, dude. 
like the company man or whatever for whoever Truth Up Corporation is. Mm-hmm. Um, the clipboard is the uh, I don't know the exact metaphor, but it's it's some kind of extension of the man. You know, like mm-hmm. oh, I'm I'm taking note. This is going on your permanent record, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever that trope is. But yeah, um, so the so the Emily principal, starts spouting off her thing. Yeah, yeah. The principal calls Emily over, and Mona is kind of watching this, kind of concerned, maybe a little angry as she's she's watching what's going on between Emily and the principal. And the principal's like, "Hey, if you're feeling unsafe and unwelcome, maybe it's your own fucking fault, you bitch." Basically, is what he's saying to her. Well, he, yeah, he lets her. Maybe if you feel unsafe or unwelcome here, maybe it's your behavior has made your teammates feel the same way. But he does that in this kind of like low, dickish voice. Well, he, well, he says, "You're no saint, Emily," which is, I mean, like that shit would get you fired. I think if anyone heard you say that, not when you're the principal, who's going to fire you? <sighs> so Mona, Mona's been watching this, and she's just kind of like narrowing her eyes. So the 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 next time we pick up with Emily, uh, it's actually we pick up with Mona, who's doing her makeup, and spots Emily behind her, and turns around, and she's like, "Hey, like, how's Hannah? I'm concerned for her." And Emily's like, "Look, I know you overheard Tamborelli talking to me." And uh, the way Emily is kind of interpreting this is, she's like, "Well, Mona's probably pissed because you know we used to be friends with Allie, and Allie treated you like shit, Mona, and uh, we never stood up for you." So, well, she she. Emily, again, like, um, it's kind of an interesting counterpoint. Because remember, Jenna's line to Emily was, I don't know why anyone would think you're the sweet one. Mm-hmm. But Emily, in some ways, almost is the heart of the group. She is the most vulnerable. She apologizes to Mona for her part in how Allison treated her. She says, you know, Allison treated you that way. I never stopped her. I never did anything, and I'm apologizing to you mm-hmm. for my lack of action. And they, they knew it was wrong, and they never stood up to Allie. The, this, the second half of season two is really interesting. For It's kind of the redemption of Mona. It's kind of like the nuance of Mona, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think the only flaw of how they lay it out, though, is that you know Mona asks, how's Hannah doing, blah, blah, blah. Mona is still potentially Hannah's best friend, but... It almost that that point almost suffers from the fact that like Hannah and Mona have so few scenes together because mm-hmm. Hannah gets so swallowed up. Well, so three lives. as as Emily's uh, giving this kind of apology to Mona, Mona's facing the other way, and interesting emotions crossing her face um, as she's you know she's hearing this apology, and this is probably something she's wanted to hear for a long time, um, mm-hmm. and but also just kind of being reminded of like the shit that Allie used to do to her, you know? But then I love the way she, she turns around and it's like happy face again. She totally blows it off. And she's like, that was like two personalities ago. <laughs> Which is like, so many of the theories that we've thrown out in this, like that line alone, like go write a paper about it. Like it's so yeah. interesting. Who's, who's you know? Mona's other personality? But you just know, this like, idea that you could switch in and out of like personalities and identities. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in a high school setting too, with this topsy turvy high school setting. But so Mona, it's interesting kind of feminist bent that where where Mona points out that Principal Tambourine basically cuts a lot of slacks to the fe- to the football team, and if this is essentially a sexism issue. You know, if Emily well, was a man, this wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah, she's she's mad at Tamborelli because she knows uh, the, all the shit the football guys get away with. Because she used to work in the office, and so she like she knows all the dirt, and she's like, "Well, you should too, Emily. Like, you should know about this." 
And like, it's like, in Mona's insult in this episode, she calls everyone toads, and she says that Tamborelli's the king of Toad Hall. Mona is just, like, so witty on fire in this episode. She mm. has a great bit about the football team, and, like, she's like, the offensive line doesn't even begin to describe them. Mm. So, later on, we, we heard that well, Emily... Quick, so, so, Mona, she says that she used to work in the VP's office. She knows a lot. She mm-hmm. basically lived there her freshman year. Um... Which is an interesting kind of reminder that Mona used to be this like studious nerd mm-hmm. who didn't fit in. And sorry. so, there, earlier with Arya, there was a, the bit where Emily got called away to the vice principal's office via the intercom. Emily, now we see, is going to the office, and it's not the principal that, that is there. It's Mona, and Mona was the one who called her in. She just kind of like masked her voice a little bit. What is the line about when Emily asks her about that? She's just like, it's a gift. Yeah, yeah. Um, at this point in my notes, I wrote down, teaming up with Mona is literally the best thing Emily's ever done. Seriously. Mona's like, well, I saw Tamborelli like, sneak out early. To, he's probably like, like into his second beer by now, so we're in the clear here. Uh, and Mona, she's... she's smokehouse. At, at the that's smokehouse. What the, that's where he went, the smokehouse, mm-hmm. which I'm fascinated. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's a step beyond the, the teacher's lounge, mm-hmm. is the smokehouse. And so Mona's at the, uh, she's at the desk, I presume it's Tamborelli's desk, uh, typing away. And Emily's a little freaked out at first, but Mona's just like, relax, like, you know, I got this. So Emily just locks the door. and Well, she's like, calm down, Emily. Also, close the blinds. Mm-hmm. So Mona, she's tap, tap, tapping away on the computer to find some dirt uh, on uh, Tamborelli and the football team by going through expense reports. And she's talking about how freshman year she lived in this office because the secretary was her only friend. And so that's, she's really good at the school computers because of that, which is just kind of depressing to think about her spending her whole like freshman year hanging out in the like secretary's office. Well, it's a response though, because Emily's just like basically like, wow, you're like really good at this computer shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But before that though, Mona is a wonderful show off and she can't help it because she makes a comment to Emily that Oh, look at that. Tamborelli's like, change his password. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mona's probably one of those girls who tests well, you know? Which is kind of funny how she clashed with Caleb because. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so later they're, they're, they're digging through some files on Tamborelli's computer. And Mona is really good at like looking at like the, the records and stuff. And she's just like, oh, there it is in black and white. And Emily's looking at the same thing. And she's just like, what the fuck are you seeing that I'm not seeing? And so Mona proves that Tamborelli reinstated some male student because his dad, who owns a fancy furniture store, bribed Tamborelli with a fancy office chair, the very chair that Emily is sitting in. Yeah, it's something where the guy was busted for tagging, but he got reinstated back on the team when at the same time as he got reinstated, the principal went and got a super fancy chair that's cost like $3,000. He went and paid like 30 bucks for it at this yeah. guy's furniture shop, so obviously like a bribe happening there yeah so later uh emily's well, not, not later out. yet not later yet emily okay. so mona's like oh we got him and emily's like well, i can't blackmail a school official and mona's like you can't swim with the sharks if you're toothless yeah. <laughs> the sharks being their mascot yeah yeah so later on emily's walking around she kind of sees out in the quad mona talking to tamborelli for a second and is thinking like ah oh, shit but then mona comes over and she's like you're back on the team well, the the conversation, I, I almost want is this back in his office? Because I just want to point out, the blinds are open again. 
No, um, this is like out in the quad, I think. Okay, we Could see be wrong, him. But it's like through a window, yeah. Whatever their conversation, however it ends, it's clearly not to his liking. Yeah. And he kind of stomps off, and Mona like has this, like 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 the happy look on her face. Mm-hmm. So she comes out to Emily, and she's like, "You're back on the team." And she has this very adorable line: "If I had a pom pom, I'd shake it." Mm-hmm. Well, and she covered it by like Emily's like, "Where they're gonna get in trouble?" And Mona's like, "No, it's like all I told him was that like football players talk a lot when they're not on the team, you know." And so that's that's how mona's uh covering her access to the information it's when like, she's it's just she's, rumors she heard you know yeah 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 which again rumors and truth and truth and up I mean, that's the whole theme of this thing yeah but uh then mona like she's very dry she's like very wonderfully dry she's like emily i have a serious question about like swim meets like what's the uh what's the attire like if i wear wedges are they gonna get squishy yeah she wants to know what to wear to these swim meets because they're friends now so mona's they gonna are, come to her swim meet they're bffs now mm-hmm. um in my notes here, before the Spencer stuff, I have the Mom Summit. Do you have the Mom Summit here? Not yet, no. Okay, we'll um, go back to the Mom Summit. Yeah. So, Spencer. This is the second, the second Mom Summit, I think, this year. Mm-hmm. Good old um, Mom yeah, so- Summit. The, the fun thing about Spencer in this episode is that uh, you never see her in any of the Truth, out, truth Up groups. A no, little, sus- a little suspicious. What is Spencer doing the whole time? You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So the first time we see Spencer, uh, aside from what we've mentioned already, she's, I believe it's still that day before, right? There's a scene where she spots Nolan and Jenna and just like scowls at them. Uh, well, she, but but like then she cool. runs into, yeah, but then she runs into Jason DeLaurentis, who's, he's suddenly back in town from fixing up his grandma's house. Well, um, I would say that her look when she sees Nolan and Jenna, cause the Nolan and Jenna scene, in any other perspective of this narrative would almost be sweet because she's kind mm-hmm. of like nestled into him and he's holding her in this kind of protective sweet way. But meanwhile, Spencer looks like she might projectile like vomit. Yeah. But then Jason shows up and she's like, Jason, you're back. We haven't seen you since we all got arrested with a shovel. That's weird <laughs> that you're back now. You know, are Jason, you, have you been out of town? Jason is apparently fixing up his grandma's house, but. He's like, he's like, Spencer, like, tell your dad, like, I need him to call me. Uh, Which is pretty much the creepiest message you can get. Well, well and then he, he follows it up with, uh, just tell him I'm back and he can't keep dodging me. And Spencer's I mean, like, what the fuck? If I was like, hey, Benjamin Dark, give your father a message. Tell him he owes me a call. And he can't keep dodging me. You're like, uh, I'm going to need more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ella shows up. She tries to recruit Jason. To same same scene buttons. here. Just after yeah. Jason's just dropped that weird creepiness on Spencer. Yeah. Yeah. The supervisor for truth updating is, I guess they're, they don't have enough people. Um, he's like, yeah, no thanks. That's not my thing. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> possibly a high school dropout. Yeah. Um, I was, I was high for eight years. Yeah. Then the, the, Ella's like, okay, fine. You know, it was, it was a long shot anyways. Hey, Spencer, are both your parents going to be there? Spencer's like, yeah, they are. And Jason's like, yeah, I'm in. I mean, he says, uh, if you're desperate enough to ask me, then sure, count me in. And Ella's like, yeah, that checks out. That's and so Spencer, all, that's all a weird thing to say. Spencer gives Ella this look like, you really fucked me there, Ella. You really <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so I Which, believe it's uh, the next day here is when, when Truth Up. It just ties into your theory, though. That that's what Ella does. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the genius of the aloofness of Holly Marine Combs' acting. But it's it's kind of like occasionally Ella just shows up and stirs shit up and goes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, sorry. So the next day, Veronica showed up. Not not Peter, just Veronica Hastings. Runs into Jason and he's just like, "Hey, where's your husband?" And she's like, "Oh, he's out of town." And Jason gets a little mouthy here, and Veronica's like, "I'm sorry, what was that?" 
You know, yeah, she gets he gets her shit. Mm-hmm. And so he's just like, oh, never mind. Uh, later on, Spencer she finds Jason. She's like, why is it so important that you need to talk to my dad? And she's like, I, I know about the will. You know, I don't know why my dad is risking so much to protect you. And Jason's Jason's like, well, just talk to your dad. I'm sorry, I can't tell anything. You know, yeah. ask ask your dad. In well, fact, tell your dad to call back me. Back in the town. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Spencer's like, he's not out of town. And so Jason's like, aha, I've caught your mother in a lie. Your yeah, father's well, not actually out of town. Spencer doesn't give away that, doesn't get that she's given away the baby with the bathwater yet. She's just like, he's not out of town. I've already asked him. He won't tell me. She's very much more from the vein that, because, because there's two things going on here. Jason's trying to get info out of Spencer. Mm-hmm. Spencer's trying to get info out of Jason. Spencer is more upset that she's not getting her info. She doesn't, I think, at first realize that she's just given Jason info. Mm-hmm. Okay. Know? So now, now the interlude here, the, the parental interlude. Uh, oh, the mom summit. Yeah. Mom summit, Veronica, Ashley, and Ella, they're meeting in the school quad. It's like dusk right now. Um, yeah. and Veronica is like, well, I think the truth is overrated. And <laughs> Ashley Marin's like, well, I could stand to hear a little more. Um, real quick, I want to say about Veronica. It's kind of fascinating, though, that I don't think Veronica volunteered to do this fucking truth update, which is a joke, with any ulterior motives. There's no agenda here. Yeah. I think she's just trying to be a good parent doing her part. And it's kind of impressive to me, not only because her daughter is a psychopath, a wonderful <laughs> psychopath, but because presumably Veronica is a pretty fucking serious, you know, big deal criminal lawyer. She's got she, a lot of time where she's out being a lawyer, yeah. Yeah, and she's pulled some what I would think some seriously fucking expensive time out of her life to volunteer for this bullshit. Later on, she's going to let the school know that she's been billing for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, "That'll be three thousand dollars." Meanwhile, Ella's a teacher, poor. Ashley's an alcoholic bank manager. <laughs> Not even she's a, a manager. She, she's a bank manager. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, low class. And so, like, Veronica is, like, slumming up these gals. But, yeah, so, Ella now tells Ashley that she doesn't think Hannah did what she's accused of. Which is great, Ella, but you really missed the boat. Yeah, you could have said that, like, you know, earlier when Hannah asked. But, yeah. But now, Ella's like, well, just for the record, I don't, I don't think Hannah sent the picture. And Ashley says, like, you know, she says, I feel like something happened to our girls uh, when they lost Allison. And Veronica's like, no. I don't think it was when they lost Allison. I think it was when they met Allison. Which, Veronica, that's fucking astute. Mm-hmm. That is, that is on the nose. Um, prior to Veronica having that comment, which again is, is big deal. It's serious. Um, Ella had interjected with, well, that's why we took Aria overseas. Mm-hmm. Was to get her away from this loss of Allison and whatever the hell that meant. Which, I don't know. Is that a good parenting move or not? None of the, I, I mean, I, I all say Ashley's the worst and the best best parent on the show. <laughs> but I mean, where would you clarify Ella? Good parent, bad parent? Ella and Veronica both do this thing where, like, they they never want to know too much. Whereas Ashley is Ashley always seems more willing to probe and more willing to engage her daughter, you know, and yeah, talk Ashley's talk to her daughter as a an adult, um, but while still maintaining the you know the motherly power. You're you're right. I think you can make the argument that Ashley, potentially because she's an alcoholic, is the more human parent. Mm-hmm. Um, because she really is. I mean, I know I make the joke about the Gilmore Girls, but but the whole thing of the Gilmore Girls was that I believe that Lorelai was essentially the older version of Lorelai Junior, who they called Rory, 
And that's really what Ashley is. I think she really is grown up Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. Uh, next, we, we catch up with Jason here, who now he knows that Veronica lied to him about Peter being out of town. So he's right. confronting her about lying to him. Well, first, Veronica confronts him because he's leaving Peter a voicemail. Yeah. And then Veronica is, like, shows up and Jason's just like, oh, yeah, I was just leaving your husband a voicemail because I know he's not out of town. You fucking liar. Yeah. Um, which, what's the show called? So they have the epic, vague conversation about owning up to the truth. Can't and, keep like, denying the truth. the truth. Yeah. And, and Spencer's eavesdropping on everything. Spencer kind of, she's just walking up and heard this, so she ducked behind the door. And she's eavesdropping on this. And as she's hearing them talk about denying the truth, she has a flashback uh, to Allison and Spencer back when Allison was alive. Mm-hmm. And I like how it starts off with Allison's reading a magazine about <laughs> uh, some guy who put out an, an ad online, like some psychopath in Germany wanted to like eat people. It's like cannibal things. We put out an ad online, like requesting people to eat and like 300 on, people on a dating website. Yeah. And like, he got like 300 replies or something like that. And, Allison has the interesting line. She says, why does every woman think that she can change a guy? Um, real quick, do you think Spencer avoided every single truth up group meeting because she was just hoping to like, like skulk around the school and like eavesdrop on conversations? Probably at least some of that. Maybe she also doesn't want to participate in any truth upping. No, I don't think, I don't think the truth is what Spencer wants to give away. I think when she does give away the truth, it's by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so Allison and Spencer are in Spencer's bedroom in this fight in this flashback, and they hear Spencer's parents fighting. Well, before we get to that, let's just analyze that line. Why does every woman think she can change a guy? Which I feel like this is kind of Allison's philosophy and how she differs from the other liars. Like Allison has absolutely no use for dudes other than as like tools. Um, whereas you know somebody like Arya or Hannah or Spencer would think that they can like positively influence a guy and give him the change like that's not how allison rolls at all well guy- we don't know we don't really understand allison's general philosophy allison's a bad girl who is definitely conflicted and she's definitely got certain nuances to her we mm-hmm. don't really know what her philosophy towards men is because all we roughly what you can guess and this is not spoiler for future seasons though i think future seasons will, will uh shape this out is that allison has a taste for the older men yeah, but we don't really I, know I think that's an interesting she... line, though, that Allison looks at, looks on in disgust at other women who think that they can change men. Which, yeah, exactly. Is that, is that absolutely contrary to Allison, or is that also what she's trying to do? And mm-hmm. therefore, she is disgusted when others do it, too. Because it seemed like Allison might have had some kind of interest in Ian, and then we found out through the NAT video that potentially Ian was just using yeah. Allison. But then potentially maybe she was just using Ian. We have no idea. No yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, so anyway, downstairs, Peter and Veronica Hastings, they're arguing and they're fighting. Yes. Uh, and Allison's like, what's going on? And apparently uh, Melissa and Jason got caught making out. And so that's what they're arguing about down there. And Allison finds this hilarious. Whoa. Uh, she like extremely juicy. This is juicier than a guy who wants to eat people. Yeah, yeah. Spencer's dad is furious about this. He is livid. Mm -hmm. Spencer's mom is like, what's the big deal? Um, Apparently, this kind of fighting has been going on for maybe a few days. Spencer, at this point, uh, is very interesting that where Spencer is in her adolescence, she doesn't want to think about her parents fighting because right now, 
her family is the happiest family <laughs> in all the world. Well, it's, it's funny because in this scene, the, the way they talk about Jason and Melissa getting caught making out, you're, you're picturing like maybe 17 or, or 18 year old Jason and Melissa, even though they would still be like in their mid twenties, you know? Right. But early, Allison's, early twenties. Yeah. Allison's glee is almost like, She's almost like, Spencer, I want to open the door, listen to your parents fight, and masturbate to it. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's like, and like, it's no big deal. Like, Melissa doesn't even like Jason. Like, she wants to get with Ian. And Allie's like, well, that's good because, uh, Jason and Melissa, that would be a match frowned upon by the gods. And Which? Spencer, well, I mean- you know, cut back to present day. Spencer's like, oh shit, I just got what you meant. <laughs> yeah. And, and, <laughs> huge dick move by Allison. Well, I mean, come on. If you're Allison and you knew that, wouldn't you have to kind of drop some hints? That's a mass. To me, that's a massive. Yeah. So if, if you, the audience, haven't figured it out yet, Jason is Spencer's brother. But that's a that's a nicely, like, seated, you know, like, uh, what do you call them? Like the Russian Matryoshka dolls of, mm-hmm. like, hint. That's even worse, though. It's like, if I were just to tell you, like, oh, by the way, you're, you know, blah, 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 you're actually your brother or whatever. Like, that's fucked up right now. But, like, if it's like, oh, by the way, I dropped that hint to you six years ago, <laughs> and it's just gained interest and in fucked upness. Probably more like two years ago, but yeah. But whatever, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so, we're back to the present day. Spencer's just realized what that means, and she's just kind of like, fuck. <laughs> she runs off right as Veronica, like, storms out of the room where she's been confronting Jason. Mm-hmm. Later on, Spencer finds Jason. He's like got headphones on. His eyes are closed. Maybe well, he's asleep. Before she does, though, she gets a text from A. The text says, "Don't be scared, Spence. We're all family here. Some more than others." Which yeah. A is just like, "Yeah, fuck you. I'm sticking the knife in." Well, yeah, she gets that as she's slowly approaching Jason, who may or may not be asleep. Yeah, and then Jason opens his eyes and like kind of like points him over it. Spencer and so Spencer she kind of she hems and haws she's not exactly sure how to lead off with this she's like uh is the reason you you know is 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 my dad and then finally she says you know my dad is your father and he just says who told you yeah and then her response is Allie a long time ago but I didn't hear her until tonight and uh so Spencer She's off looking for her mom now. This is like in a part where it's cutting between a lot of different characters at once. Um, this is this is also where she walks past Caleb hacking away in a room when they're looking for Caleb. Uh, eventually, she finds her mom, and she's like, "Why?" She's pissed. She's like, "Why was I the last to know about this?" And her mom's like, "Well, Melissa doesn't know either, so you're not the last last to know." Um, Spencer, like, I feel like there's almost like a. The mom didn't know for years either, not until uh, Jason was, like, you know, grown up. Which is kind of funny. I would have think that, that Veronica probably found out shortly after the Jason-Melissa makeout session. Yeah, that, that's what I would assume, is that that was what the fighting was about. Because eventually she's going to be like, Peter, <laughs> why are you so angry? Freaked out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, Peter's like, you don't understand, it's, it, they really, really can't make out. <laughs> yeah. Um... And so, but Veronica mentions, she makes a good point to Spencer, because obviously Jason is older than Spencer. And Veronica mm-hmm. says that if she had known before, whatever that means, then she would have made a different decision than the one she did when she did find out. And that basically means that Spencer wouldn't be here right now. 
Yeah, if if Veronica knew about Peter's cheating at the time, Spencer would not exist because uh, they would not have gotten married, blah, blah, blah. Um, Which Spencer almost feels more mega betrayed. But I like how Spencer's super pissed and Veronica's like, well, you know, I'm a little more pissed, actually. You know, like, she's yeah. kind of like, if you consider that I'm the wife who was cheated on, I probably have a little bit more reason to be upset than you. And Spencer, I don't think Spencer wants to hear that right now. Well, Spencer's furious right now because... At this point, as if it wasn't hammered home enough, like all the kind of institutions that Spencer trusts in and believe in have betrayed her completely. You know, like academia, her family, like everything, you know, her sister, everything that she kind of held to be like a a solid and stable thing that she could like, you know, rely on is now revealed to be bullshit. Well, so Veronica, and and I'm paraphrasing Veronica because she doesn't really say all this, but Veronica is just like, Spencer, I've had a really shitty day. Everyone you go to school with is literally an asshole. <laughs> I don't know why I volunteered for this. Plus, I'm dealing with this shit where I have to now tell my my daughter that this fucking asshole lives next door to her all her life is also now her brother. Can we just go home? <laughs> and Spencer's like, what is home? That's a joke. <laughs> well, you know, like when the show started, Spencer was like, I have a great, perfect family and I'm a good student. and My family appreciates me because I'm such a nope. great student. And I, my sister is my hero, and I, I want to be like her when I grow up. And over the course of the show, it's like, well, that didn't work out. <laughs> Your family turns out to have all sorts of weird skeletons or a bunch of liars and cheats. Your sister is, is like, psycho and evil, maybe. And, you know, like, every, everything is just the rug has been pulled out from underneath Spencer. She has nothing, no rocks to rely on, you know. Well, and again, like I said, every time Spencer in her home, in her fucking home. Every time she comes down the stairs, something, like, it's like a new monstrous reality that she's woken up into. So I want you to make me a deal. Can you okay. please never bring that up on the podcast again? These stairs? Coming down the stairs? Yes. Mm, uh, in a few weeks, we'll handshake on it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, then we get to the ending section where there's like a little musical montage of people sleeping in sleeping bags or they're looking pensive and staring out windows. The, the lyrics here, I feel lost. On the nose. Yeah. Spencer is, she's sitting on top of a stack of, uh, those like crappy plastic chairs, uh, (laughs) staring out the window. She can't sleep. Spencer doesn't need sleep. Uh, Emily wakes up concerned. I like how there's no shots of like the adults patrolling to make sure the kids aren't fucking each other. Cause that's what happens when you, uh, have high school kids stay overnight. Especially since, uh, minor spoiler, because we're going to talk about this in like five minutes. Um, Hannah is sleeping next to her three friends, you know, mm-hmm. Emily, uh, Spencer, and Aria. Her boyfriend, Caleb, is sleeping somewhere else. They, they might have separated the boys and the girls. It, it would be pretty intelligent to you. Cause hey. I mean, we all, we remember 24 hour relay as, as the uh, teenagers. We know what happens in those tents. Something, 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 finger blasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so Emily wakes up at some point. She goes to check the time. She, she calls out for Spencer first. Well, she wakes up cause she's concerned about her doppelganger. You know. Exactly. She checks the time, she picks up her phone, and what she sees is not the time first, but that she got six missed calls from that number. So Aria wakes up. Ooh, what number? Mm-hmm. And then Emily's <laughs> just like the Vivian Darkbloom number, blah, blah, blah. And then, then, the, then the, the phone rings. Yeah. And Emily answers, and some dude... And it's the, it's, the phone rings. It's that number calling back. It's the seventh call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Emily's like, well, you know, he's like, oh, is this one of Vivian's friends? And she's like, yeah, we, we have some questions. 
And he says, well, so do I, but not on the phone. And so they, they're going to meet in person somewhere. Yeah, whoever this dude is. Uh, yeah, and so then the A tag, uh, A is walking amongst the sleeping students, finds Caleb, finds Caleb's book bag, which has his laptop in it, and takes the laptop out. After hovering over the sleeping form of Caleb for slightly too long. Well, I, th- I think they're going to... They're trying to make us think, like, is, she gonna, is A going to, like, attack Caleb here? No, A is going to take Caleb's laptop. Who yeah. knows what A will do with that <laughs> well, laptop? What I love, though, is the the camera, it's not quite the, like, killer POV shot, but kind of is. And it's, like... It, it's, like, it over the shoulder, like, yeah. Yeah, but, like, it hovers, like, directly over Caleb for a few seconds. So it's a very interesting voyeuristic shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that is it for The Naked Truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week's episode, SDV twenty, is called uh, Control A, and that's uh, Control as in the control key on your keyboard. It's spelled C T R L colon A. Yep. Control A. And let me see, was there any trivia for this episode we need to cover, other than that Nolcon has stunt double? Uh, the Naked Truth has been used in a ton of stuff, so obviously there's not one reference there. Uh, a lot of the trivia is about the title. Yeah. That's about it, really. Yeah. Fun episode. Um, yes and no. I mean, for, for a good, like, like quote unquote bottle episode, yeah, I think so. I do wonder what, what was Spencer up to because she wasn't at the Truth Up meetings all the time. Well, I think it's interesting, too, is that this is one of the episodes where they do a good job of all four girls have a pretty substantial storyline. Mm hmm, mm hmm. I mean, every once in a while you get an episode where, like, three of the girls do, and, like, Emily has nothing to do at all. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is, there's something pretty solid for all four girls to do. All right, well, uh, that wraps up this episode. We'll be back next time to talk about uh, Control A. Mm-hmm. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.